Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast of Bible reading and insight into God's Word. We are continuing our look at Esther. And Esther, remember this section, this chapter is titled, Esther Becomes Queen. So we're getting closer and closer to that time. But let's listen to God's Word. We're in Esther chapter 2. Verses 12 through 14 in the God's Word translation. Let's listen to God's Word. Each woman had her turn to go to King Xerxes after she had completed the required 12-month treatment for women. The time of beauty treatment was spent as follows. Six months using oil of myrrh and six months using perfumes and other treatments for women. After that, the young woman would go to the king. Anything she wanted to take with her from the woman's quarters to the king's palace was given to her. She would go in the evening and come back in the morning to the other quarters for women. There she would be in the care of the king's eunuch, Shaash Gaz, the guardian of the concubines. She never went to the king again unless the king desired her and requested her by name. Again, that's Esther chapter 2, verses 12 through 14 in the God's Word translation, which gives it the title, Esther becomes queen. I'll be back to share insights and we'll close with prayer. This is Hope Scott. I am your host of Five Minutes in the Word, a daily podcast which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and following my podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, or wherever you hear podcasts. Also, please like and follow 5 Minutes in the Word on Facebook and Twitter. Again, that is Esther chapter 2, verses 12 through 14 in the God's Word translation. And as I looked at this section, I thought provocative because as I read what the commentaries had to say, it gave me an insight that I did not know. I'm sure uh, ministers and people who study the Word knew this stuff, but I'm coming at it as a layperson. So I did not know this. So I'm sharing something that's new to me and I hope new and refreshing or enlightening to you. But let's listen to what the commentaries have to say. Uh, Persia was one of the many countries famous for its aromatic perfumes and ancient customs for the preparations of brides, including ritualistic baths, plucking of the eyebrows, the painting of hands and feet with henna, facial makeup, and applications of a beautifying paste all over the body meant to lighten the color of the skin and to remove spots and blemishes. And that had to be the, uh, the most, you know, pampered, to be pampered like that for a year. Because the, remember in this section it says two separate six-month treatments 
one uh, for the, including skin treatments and an, an, an elaborate perfume process. So if you can imagine being uh, treated and pampered for that long, the extravagance of the process fits the overall extravagance of King Xerxes as seen in chapter one. And we saw how extravagant he was with all the, with the parties. The oil of myrrh uh, is harvested, harvested from the resin in trees and is regularly referenced in the Old Testament in sexual context. And I did not know that. Myrrh is one of my favorite um, incense that I burn and one of my favorite for my, um, for my um, humidifier, not humidifier, for my diffuser. So now I know something new that I, I did not know before. Since oil is specifically mentioned, the myrrh seems to have been used to enhance the skin's appearance, likely uh, following some sort of exfoliation, but yeah, they didn't know. And that's something else I didn't know. So now I'm going to look at myrrh oil a little differently. Might do a little more research, but I love, I love it putting it in my, um, my diffuser. So I love that scent. Whatever the woman deemed necessary to prepare herself for the king was granted to her implying that she could wear whatever clothing or jewelry she desired. And one commentary states that it is clear that this visitation is a sexual act. So again, that's why I said provocative. Each woman visits the king in the evening and does not return until the morning. After her return, she trans, um, transitions from the group of virgins to the group of concubines. So they're still part of the harem. Um, one of the king, uh, once the king had intercourse with a woman, she was separated from the virgins, placed under the leadership of a different eunuch, Shaashgaz, and would only see the king if he specifically asked for her. Presumably, women who were not chosen would spend the rest of their days in the king's harem. This text also seems to imply that at times, concubines had sexual relations with the king once and were never called again. Life uh, for these concubines was more like widowhood than marriage because, and it was not even widowhood because they could not uh, marry because they were considered married to the king. Although they lived a life of luxury, it seems that concubines in the uh, Persian Empire were treated essentially like property of the king, primarily viewed as sexual partners with no legal rights. Any child born as a result of their intercourse with the king would only have been treated, uh, trained rather, to work in the palace and have no rights to the throne. Only the son of the king and his queen could be legitimate heirs. Something for us to all think about. Let's pray. Father, I thank you as we continue studying, studying your word. In this section, it's a little provocative. It's a lot to think about. 
a lot to ponder, and we thank you, God, for your word. Um, in this section, it says that if the king has a, a child with one of the concubines, that child is considered property of the king. But if he has a child with his, with his queen, that child is a legitimate heir. And Father, we thank you that according to Romans 8, verses 16 through 18, we don't have to be the property. We are heirs. The word says the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We are not illegitimate children, Father. You said, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, that uh, we suffer with him, that we may also be, that we may be also glorified together. And I thank you, Father, because it says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. But I thank you as we study your word, continue to show us and teach us and to um, help us to get insights that we can apply to our lives. And again, thank you, Father, that we are not just, we are not illegitimate. We are legitimate heirs because we are joint heirs with Christ. Praying for those who need you and thanking you for answered prayers. Amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed.